and welcome to episode three of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. I am your co-host, Tiny, and across the table is Matt. Hi, guys. Uh, today, our main topic of discussion, it's very fitting, considering it's the 4th of July, will be history on the screen. Yes. Uh, basically, the movies and TV shows centered around historical events that we like the most, and as well as some of the events or stories that we'd like to see adapted for the screen. And as always, we'll be talking about what we're watching and what we're looking forward to coming up. So, Matt, do you have anything to add? Uh, not really, just that if you guys are listening and you have anything to say, any comments or feedback, or you want to join the conversation of the topics that we're talking about, you can contact us at ovpodcast at gmail.com. Um, where we both will respond to it and all that. And you might get a shout out on the podcast. Um, other than that, do you want to move on to our first uh Segment? Always. Um, lately, uh, the first the movie I wanted to talk about, I'm kind of late to the party on it. It came out last year, but I recently watched the movie Cloud Atlas. Ah, yes. Yeah, and I had heard a lot of mixed... The Wachowskis. The Wachowskis, yes. Um, I had heard a lot of mixed things about it. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so how was right. it? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. Okay. Um, more than I thought I would, because um, I had heard that it was very... Very disjointed, and it seemed kind of convoluted. I think is a word that's been kind of that's a good kind word of complicated for it. and complicated, needlessly yeah. complicated. That's a good word for it. Okay. Um, it is an ensemble story, so that's always kind of hard to capture sometimes, right? Especially in a film. Oh yeah. Um, but the it was. I think it was just a really well-rounded film. I mean, it nice. had a pretty solid script. Um, it could use a little work, maybe some of the dialogue, especially. But mm-hmm. um, I liked it pretty, pretty well uh, all around. The, the acting is great. Tom Hanks never fails to impress. Right. Um, he's a pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. You can usually rely on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there was a newcomer that I hadn't heard of. I think she is a Korean actress, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, her name is Duna Bai or Bay or something like that. Okay, uh, I've never was, heard of her. Yeah, I've never <laughs> heard of her either. Uh, but she was really good. She was one of the standouts. So. Nice. Um, really interesting movie. That's cool. Would you say that the Wachowskis made up for Speed Racer in, with Cloud Atlas? I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think I, I tweeted it. They're, I don't think the Wachowskis have quite returned to greatness. Okay. But uh, I hope they're on their way with it. Because in, you know, in typical Wachowski style, it was... Visually stunning. I mean, right. It especially like it would be. right. Especially some of the the futuristic stuff was really just top of their game. It was really that's good cool. stuff. So that's cool. I enjoyed it. It was just really long though. Right. It's, it's like, like just shy of three hours. Right. Um, sometimes uh, sometimes that's okay, but yeah, it, it could use a little bit of editing, in my opinion. Really. See, so. that's and I have nothing against long long screen times or long uh, run times. It's just that I don't want to have to take an entire afternoon to watch a movie. Exactly. Sometimes, and I mean, sometimes I just want to throw in a movie, which is actually a good segue to my pick for this week for what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. It's this uh, movie that's on Netflix right now called Love. Have you Love. heard of it? I've heard of Love, but I haven't heard of the <laughs> right. movie. That's kind of a bland title, almost. It is, and it's it's okay. It's basically. Uh, the band Angels and Airwaves. Are you familiar with that time? I'm not. Okay, well, um, when Blink-182 broke up, or went on their hiatus, because I think they got back together, I'm not, I'm not really did, that yeah. into music, or, or that plugged into the music scene, but when they broke up, Tom DeLonge 
uh, created this new band called Angels and Airwaves. Okay. They're pretty good. They kind of have kind of, like, the, the thing that I keep saying about them is that they need to, like, every one of their songs is, like, a minute and a half intro of just instruments and stuff, and kind of comes across as pretentious. But that's yeah, neither okay. here nor there. This isn't <laughs> this isn't the Obsessive Listener podcast. Uh, um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We're building an empire here. But um, <laughs> Love is a movie that was produced by the band. Oh. And it was, like, fully funded, and it's a story about... It's kind of an interest. It's it's a weird it's a weird movie. It's basically this astronaut is stranded on the International Space Station, and mm. he's cut off from communication with Earth. Sounds awesome, right? The plot sounds pretty interesting, yeah. but and I, I liked it uh, despite what I expected of it. I actually enjoyed it a bit. Um, okay. It was kind of it was the according to IMDb the budget for it was like. Five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And the visuals were actually pretty good for that for that pricing, hmm. uh, for that amount. Um, like it was, it just it was it was entertaining, but it borrowed um, it, it borrowed a lot from like two thousand one. It pays uh, it pays homage to two thousand one, but it's to the point where it's actually just just kind of ripping it off. And it's I see. It, yeah, and it's ambiguous, kind of just for the sake of being just for amb- ambiguity's sake. I see. And it's kind of, it's just one of those movies that I, I liked it visually and I liked the storytelling of it uh, to a degree, but you can either take it or leave it really. It's not going to, I mean, you can, it's not going to waste your 88 minutes when you watch it. Okay. But was it kind of like a, did it seem like it was kind of a vehicle just for them to put their music out or was it actually a no, legit like movie? It was a legit movie. I, that's one thing that I was wondering because they did the score for it and everything and they actually composed like an actual, uh, actual score. Like you can tell that it's huh. their brand of music, but it's not like they, they're not breaking out into one of their songs in the middle of like a, an emotional sequence. It's just very kind of, del- or kind of subdued. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it was, it, it was worth a watch. It's on Netflix. It's less than, less than 90 minutes. So I mean, okay. that's not going to, did that have like a wide release, or was that? You know? I actually don't know. I don't think it did at all, really. Okay. Um, I, had a, I don't think I'd heard of it at all. Yeah, it was funny because I saw the preview for it, the trailer online like a year or two ago, and there's a line where the guy, the guy who's the astronaut on it, is talking. He's sending a broadcast or whatever to Earth, and he's like, um, he says like, if you guys are, if you guys are. Um, are trying to do some isolation test or or some some uh some other kind of te- or or some stress test if you're doing an isolation test or a stress test then it's working because I'm very isolated and I'm very stressed and just the way that it the way they came across in the trailer is kind of just kind of bland and kind of flat but in the in the movie it actually worked pretty well Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What about TV okay. shows, Tiny? What are you watching? Uh, TV shows. I kind of wanted to mention something a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. but it's actually my. It is my favorite television show. Oh. It has been for several years. It's actually The Daily Show. Ah, yes. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Right now they're kind of they're doing something really interesting because um, that that show is really centered around John Stewart. Right. I mean, his name's in the title. Yeah. Um, and I. I John Stewart is one of my idols. He's, He's I, I absolutely love the guy. Oh yeah, he um, was in the Faculty. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, Death to Smoochie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, so he he's the he's the spirit, the soul of that show. Exactly. And right now, uh, it's kind of funny. He's actually in. Um, I think it's 
I want to say Iran or Egypt right now. I didn't know that that's where they were doing that. Yeah, and he's actually uh, directing a documentary about. Wow, I yeah. didn't know it was a documentary. I thought it was just he was just directing a film. No, it's a documentary. Um, it's huh. it it was I guess inspired by a segment they did where they were covering I think the Arab Spring. Um, wow, okay. and then they talked to they had like a guide who was I think he was a journalist in Egypt and he he was uh, I think he was actually arrested by the government. At some wow. point, and so they went there to he went there to cover that documentary style. So, okay, yeah, it's, it's basically the first time since I started watching that show that John Stewart hasn't been on it. Right, and they've got John Oliver hosting it. Right, John Oliver, and yeah. I, I just wanted to mention uh, in case John is listening, uh, he's, <laughs> either John, either of them, yeah, right. Uh, that John Oliver is doing an amazing job. He's really hitting it home. Um, I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I'm really. sure that he's amazing. He's. I think he was born for it. Uh, I, I've heard him in interviews before say that he'll probably never leave the Daily Show because it's his dream job. Right. And so he I seems always perfectly suited. He to is. It. Yeah. It's. It's. It's his. It plays to his strengths. Yeah. Um, so I, I. I absolutely love seeing him in that. In that hosting role, um, nice. and it's been really funny because every. I think it's been two weeks now that he's been hosting it, and every episode he'll. They started out by saying, hey, I'm John Oliver, and I'm filling in for John Stewart, who is – and then they'll make up this really wild, ridiculous story about what he's doing right now. That's great. Uh, like the day <laughs> after that guy went across the tightrope uh-huh. across the Grand Canyon, they basically yeah. superimposed his face <laughs> on the guy's body. <laughs> it's just really stupid stuff like That's that. Great. It, it's funny. So Nice. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I'm really loving what they're doing with that. I think – you know, John Stewart or uh, John Oliver is filling in really well. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've been hoping that like whenever John Stewart eventually retires, I, I would hope that yeah. John Oliver would get it. Like thirty years from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What um, about you? Uh, well, I just uh, this past weekend after catching up on Game of Thrones, which oh, uh, oh Game of Thrones, guys, we're gonna host, we're gonna put out a Game of Thrones specific episode of the podcast because it would just eat up the entire time matt just finished crying yes and he watched it like a, a week ago yes george rr <laughs> R. martin you are he's heartless yes so anyway <laughs> following that i uh i started watching breaking bad which is a super happy fun tv show <laughs> to get into yeah um and i rewatch. I've, I've watched it before this is the first time i've ever rewatched the series from the beginning because i want to hit all the episodes before the new episodes start right and I, I'm a few episodes into season two, and I just I love this show. It's this time around, I'm kind of paying more attention to the color schemes because every every character kind of has a, a specific color really? um, code. Yeah, like um, huh. I think Marie is is always wearing purple or something. But it's it's interesting to see huh. like Aaron Paul's character Jesse Pinkman, like he he'll wear a certain color if he's like like in recovery and it's it's just weird to see them play up those kind of patterns. That's interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not really picking up that that clearly on any of these, but <laughs> the story's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. So it, but it's it's still it's still a ride. I I'm and I'm really excited for the last season. So it's holding up really well during this like the second rewatch. Absolutely. Nice. Oh yeah. It's definitely definitely doing that. So what do you say? Do you want to he- head on over to our main Topic? I think we should. Should Sweet. we should we sing the national anthem first? Um, you can, and then I'll edit it. I'll edit it out in post because I would like Ouch. people to still listen to this. Jeez, <laughs> nothing oh against you. I think they would just feel like it would just. It's too beautiful. <laughs> yeah, to, nothing to against to me. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
Okay, like I said, our uh, our main topic is going to be just kind of about history on the screen. Um, and we wanted to do it in honor of July 4th, which it's July 4th right now. And um, the first thing that came to mind for me, um, I recently watched the movie Lincoln again. Yes. Uh, the Spielberg movie from 2012. Um, I just, that movie, I think a lot of people probably weren't crazy about it. Because it's two and a half hours of yeah. old people sitting around talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, I get why some people maybe didn't connect with it, but I just I connected with it both on a on an emotional level and a technical level, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty much a, a history buff. Mm. I, I love I loved history class. I was I majored in it for a while when I was in college. Um, so anything that has rich historic background really really catches my attention and really yeah, same here I, I i can't help but be emotionally attached to it exactly um and this was such an important part of our history yeah. um it's just i the, the only issue i have with it is the, just the title of it because basically it's misleading it, it sort of is yeah like, you know it's called lincoln but it really right. it's just about the 13th amendment and that's one of the things that i love most about it is that it's not because to make i haven't i haven't read doris kearns goodwin's uh uh, biography of Lincoln yet. I've read some of it, and it's it's just the writing is some of the best writing. Nice. Um, I've I've read at least in a historical nonfiction book that's not written by Edmund Morris, who wrote the Teddy Roosevelt trilogy. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, I mean, it's just a massive, massive text. Right. Uh, there's no way you could you could do a do a a good biopic of Lincoln in a movie. So I just love that it's it's this just this one and one instrumental part that's a, it's a huge part of our history right. and it's and it also it reflects very well on his character and the kind of person that he was so it kind of works both on those levels right and yeah and like i said yeah. from a, also from a technical standpoint i i tweeted this i don't know if you guys saw it i'm at obsessive tiny on twitter yes. i tweeted that i still think it's one of the best scripts i've ever seen put on on the screen because it, it really is. I mean, just imagine all of the effort that goes into passing a bill. Oh yeah. You know, all the dialogue you have to deal with. Oh yeah. Just, uh, just getting all that put onto getting all that put onto a page and getting it to two and a half hours long. Yeah. That's, and it, it's, it's a tight two and a half hours. It doesn't, oh, yeah. it doesn't drag anywhere. Not at really, all. So. And it's, and it's, uh, and to do that in such an entertaining way also, because right. it's a very funny script. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to note that um, I think it was Tony Kushner wrote it. Yes. Um, who he 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 writes plays. I I, I think, um, but he's also most um, notably responsible for the script to Munich. Um, oh, and those right. are Yeah, and those are like the only two scripts that he's written huh. um, for movies. And and it's just amazing that like he has such a such a way with with the plot and and getting it because I love Munich. Munich mm-hmm. is a great movie. And it's a great historical movie as well. Right. Um, but it, it's just it's just a really I, I really want him to do more. Me too. Um, especially with him collaborating with Spielberg. Right. It's, uh, Spielberg's kind of he's, he's all right. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of he might he might go places. I'm Maybe. not sure. Yeah, but which sure. speaking of which, as a side note, like you mentioned that it's Fourth of July now, and I'm so mad that I didn't get around to watching Jaws. I Jaws? just yeah because because it, it takes place over fourth fourth oh, of July right. weekend wow, yeah I forgot about that uh, I I don't know I'm just I'm disappointed that I didn't think to watch that and instead I watched <laughs> Love which I mean it was fine but 
Close enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing, though. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, Lincoln is a great movie. It's, yeah. The, the acting is great as well. I Another ensemble cast. Yeah. And just a lot of heavy hitters, especially, like, on the B-list. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in, in my opinion, I, I think James Spader is one of the most underrated actors in all of He's Hollywood. amazing. He's just... He's he's really amazing. Right. I haven't watched uh, Boston Legal, Boston Legal yet, yeah. but, I mean, our friend Greg keeps telling me about it. And right. I, keep, I, I keep putting it off, but, I mean, I'll watch it eventually, Greg, but... But uh, ever since I saw the movie Secretary, I was like, this guy oh, yeah. is just... If you haven't seen Secretary, watch it. I think it's yeah. one of the best performances of the decade, seriously. Wow. And he didn't even get nominated for anything for it. So I, I thought he was terrific in that. So yeah. I'm glad to see that he's, you know, he's still getting work. And yeah. I, I hope, I, I think he should be a huge star, but he's not yet for He some really reason, should. So. He has like a network drama coming out, but it's oh, like, yeah, and I'm kind of, I don't know what it's about, but it's like he's, he doesn't, he's bigger than network TV. I, I think, think so, yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah. Yeah, and what I liked a lot about Lincoln's cast and everything is that it could have very easily been a movie where the 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 entire performance, in terms of performances, everything would would be riding on Daniel Day Lewis because he right. could carry the movie. He could do like you could cast the kids from One Direction on <laughs> as the supporting cast, and it would still be an amazing movie because Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> is incredible. He's epic. But they everyone came to everyone came to play ball. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sal- Sally Field really kept up with them really well in a yeah. lot of those scenes where they were kind of behind the scenes stuff where mm-hmm. they're like in their room and they're arguing. And those were some of my some of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Really like impressive. that one where he threatens to uh, put her away or something yeah. like that. It was just so, so very, incredibly compelling and very, right. it was it was emotional. But yeah. It was. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Except I, I want to bring up this movie and then turn toward the, uh, uh, the production company, but what did you think of The Conspirator? The Conspirator, I, you know, it wasn't a bad movie, but mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that it should have been better than it was. Right. It was kind of dull, I think. Sort of, yeah. And, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, th- I just think it, 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 there, there was a lot more potential there that they could have mm-hmm. tapped that they sort of skimmed over. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame, but I, I wanted to love it and right. I wanted it to be great, but, what what it, I found fascinating about it is that it's it was produced by um, if if you're, you guys aren't familiar with the conspirator it's a it's the the movie about um, Mary Surratt that, that right? sounds right yeah. I think so she uh, she was the first woman executed by the federal by the, government, by the federal government as a as a conspirator toward the about the uh, Lincoln assassination and what's interesting about it is that the American Film Company is the name of the the production company that put it out and their like mission statement or what have you is uh that they they aim to make movies that are historically accurate like american right. american history movies that are very historically accurate and it's usually like um like they plan on doing more obscure bits of history which i think just as a concept that's that's something that's that would fill a void that is very very prominent in films and uh, here a mountain of uh, potential really. yeah oh yeah and there's there's so much stuff that goes on in films but um, like they they have in production this movie called Parkland tiny are you familiar with Parkland at all <laughs> I am not Matt likes to blindside me with these things I do it's um, hard it keeps it interesting Parkland is it's a movie that's going to be coming out either this year or next year. I think next year. I think IMDb lists it for this year, but I don't know if it's 
this year or not, but it's about the hospital in Dallas on the day of the JFK assassination. Whoa. Right? That's a heck of a topic right yeah. there. And uh, Paul Giamatti plays, uh, I think he plays the Zapruder, the, the guy that filmed nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Um, wow. He's in it. Uh, James Badge Dale's in it. Awesome. Who I think he's I think he's an underrated actor. I agree. He's, he's got uh, he's 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 just been in some really good stuff. I think he was in the Conspirator as well. I think he was. That yeah. sounds right. I can't remember. But he's he's in it, and uh, one Zach Efron is in it. I kind of have high hopes for that guy. Me too. I, I, I can't help but like him. Really. Yeah. He's like he was good in liberal arts as kind of a stoner guy, but yeah, or hippie, and it was it was cool. Um. He hasn't given me a reason yet to hate him. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I, I liked him in 17 again. <laughs> me but, too, yeah. Yeah, but it was funny. It was actually funny as a side note. I saw this article that basically kind of down-talked him or talked down to, about him in his career. Like, oh, he's 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 been trying to do these uh, heavy roles or these more meaty roles, but he's he hasn't impressed me yet, kind of that kind of tone. And it was funny because they said um, – they said, "What did they say?" They said, "They said, oh, he's been choosing these really edgy roles, such as his role in the Paperboy and the the Lucky One." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, I haven't seen the Paperboy, but how is the Lucky One edgy?" Yeah, and it's a it's a Nicholas Sparks oh, movie. That's the opposite of edgy, <laughs> right? So uh, clearly, this guy didn't do any of his homework. If you're listening now, I uh, it, you know still retweet us and everything, and get the word out on the podcast. <laughs> but do some research when you write stuff. But so I, I, I like Zach Efron. I think he has a a charisma that could go a long way if he chooses to do more serious stuff, which it looks like he's doing. And if he applies it in the right way, yeah, 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 I think so. Oh yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to that now. Yeah, Parkland. Okay, Parkland. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, what's next on your list? Uh, next on my list is a miniseries. In my opinion, it is the greatest miniseries in the history of television. Uh, it's called Band Under of Brothers. Dome. Oh, Band of Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, nice try. Sorry. Let's squeak it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Band of Brothers is just... Yes. I, I can't say enough good things about that show. It's... It's incredible. I need to break out the Blu-ray and, and get through the special features because I know that you said it's stacked. It is, yeah. Um, they really did their they did their diligence on yeah. that on that on that series. Um, uh, it's just that scene where they find the concentration camp. That's oh yeah. Uh, that's one of the most haunting moments in television. Yeah, for me. and it's and what makes it even more just unbelievably insane is that it's just it's real. So it's it's right. just it's just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It, it's very powerful filmmaking. Absolutely. Um, and, and in my opinion, if you're going to, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to watch it now, the only way to go about doing it is watching it in Blu-ray. Absolutely. Because it's visually, I mean, just imagine it, it I'd say it's visually comparable to, um, saving private Ryan. Because Absolutely. They use a lot of the same sets mm-hmm. and everything. Cause those, those were done around the same time, yeah. same production company and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, so that's that's the only way to see it, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and if if you're not familiar with what Band of Brothers is, it's about a, um, I think it's the 102nd Airborne. Maybe during yeah. the World War II, they it's about how they um, how they uh, invade um, Europe in uh, the 1940s uh, during World War II, and they mm. it has a, it's about the the whole one of the companies, uh, Easy Company, yes. from. Uh, this unit and 
it basically follows them from when they train all the way to when they, the end of the war. Right. Um, and it's, it seems like that would be hard to capture all that, but mm-hmm. they, they put it together perfectly in 10 episodes. Oh yeah. Um, and if, if you want a gauge for just the quality of filmmaking of it, just imagine, just imagine like all of Saving Private Ryan, like the, the high quality filmmaking that Spielberg employed for it, mm-hmm. sustained through 10 episodes. Absolutely. Like, throughout. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Right. The, the amount of work that went into that and just, it's, it's. It's really something. Absolutely. And it's got, again, I, I always talk about actors because it's something I always focus on, but it has a really great cast. Oh, um, yeah. And it's funny because the cast is basically, at the time, it was basically unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, the biggest name that was in it was um, uh, the guy from Office Space. <laughs> yeah, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston yeah. was the biggest name in it at the time. <laughs> um, and he was, he was great in it. He, he did a really good job. And Yeah. Uh, Damian Lewis, I think it's it's the role that kind of put him on the map, mm-hmm. um, at least for the Amer- for American audiences. I still um, think he would make a great uh, Stu Redmond in uh, the adaptation of The Stand if it nice. ever gets made. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I still th- I thought that when I read the book, but I digress. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it also features uh, David Schwimmer. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. The, that first episode where he's he's kind of the uh, the see uh, like the drill sergeant, the drill sergeant for yeah. the for the thing, and it's like he's just a real like aggressive guy and it's just it's really well done like you wouldn't imagine that out of ross geller right um, <laughs> it's hard to not picture ross but he he kind of he kind of puts your puts you at ease yeah as far as yeah. acting goes pretty quickly and you're like you, you start seeing a whole new character there you really do and it's yeah. it's something really it's something else right and um, i think i think the, the 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 biggest point i wanted to make is i think it's one of the best examples i've seen of camaraderie captured on on yeah. the screen between characters i mean it feels like it feels like these actors not not the characters but the actual actors have all known each other for 10 years and they've Absolutely all been, right. they've been through war with each other mm-hmm. and they just they worked so well they together a really good on-screen chemistry it's, it's really well done Mm-hmm. Um, to counter that, what do you think of the Pacific? The Pacific, yeah, that uh, the Pacific was it's kind of the you know the 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 other bookend, if you will, yeah, of yeah. you know of that story, the spirited follow up, sort of, even though it takes right. place before, but it's it's mm-hmm. you know, um, I, the I, it was it was a incredibly well done and you know really well great cast again, but I think it's it's not necessarily the downfall of it, but what. I don't relate to the Pacific as much as Band of Brothers because it didn't have that camaraderie in it. Yeah, it did lack that. They didn't follow anyone from beginning to end there. It's right. Kinda, I mean, they spend episodes in Australia just hanging uh-huh. out. It's kind of. But I think that's. I think that's just. That's just a characteristic of that story because that's how yeah. it really was in mm-hmm. the Pacific fighting during World War II. Those those units didn't really get to stay together because so many that's of true. them were killed in action, and they had to just fill in the holes of the different units with new soldiers and Marines. And it was, it's unfortunate, but it's that, that's, that's the reason why that camaraderie isn't there because I don't think it was there in real life. So, but it's, it's not a fault of the show. It's just, it's just nature. That's just how it is. It's, and it was, it had a lot of good stuff in it, but you Mm -hmm. know, I agree. I agree. It it wasn't going to overtake Band of Brothers, but Right. It didn't disappoint. It didn't disappoint me either. So. No, not at all. Yeah, um, um, it was kind of funny because we're talking about history and and in movies, and IMDb had this list of 
like the most like examples of history and cinema and all that. And the top one on the list was, um, wow, uh, the Patriot with Mel Gibson. <laughs> Gosh, which uh, it's it's notoriously uh, historically inaccurate. Like, yeah. I think the final the final battle scene is is two separate battles in, in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's one one less thing. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, that I. That's a travesty that that's at the top of the list. Yeah, because there's so many other things that are much better than that. Oh yeah, and I read that the. Uh, I read that the. Um, the main character, the main character played by Mel Gibson, is based on, or was at least originally based on a car- a guy who like a slave owner who like like raped and killed his slaves or something like that. <laughs> Jeez. And you know, I didn't see that in the movie. So, <laughs> would have been a totally different movie. It really would have been. Um, yeah. But also had Heath Ledger, and it was a, it was, it was a, a watchable action movie. I thought. The, yeah. I mean, it was bloody and gruesome. Jason but, Isaacs as well. Yes, and the, he's he's and great. He's another really underrated actor. In my he opinion. really is. He was great on. Uh, the, yeah, the Showtime show. Showtime, yeah. Uh, Brotherhood, which unfortunately was canceled, but he was great in that. So. Yeah, I, I gave it one episode and really connect to it the way you did, but maybe I'll try it again. Yeah, it's um, a good one. Yeah. So, anything uh, else to say about the Pacific? Um, not really. There's not really much else to say about it. Right. But, um, it was and it, that had a pretty good cast as well. It did. James Badgedale again. Yeah, uh, he comes was up great. there. He was Lucky, great. Yeah. Um, and even even Joe Mazzello. Yeah. Who I had you know he hadn't everyone just just knows him as the kid from Jurassic Park. Right. Because right. he hasn't really done much. Um, yeah, but he he was pretty good as I think he I think he suited that role pretty well. He really did. Kind of a sort of like he was really good. Kind of a nerdy kid almost, not really like the hero type. Yeah, but he you know he he filled his role as a soldier really well. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, he was uh he was like the very religious guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it was a good juxtaposition of having him and um, Lucky as a just a. Kind of a more pretty secular, yeah, sort of. secular kind of kind of more int- introverted kind of like uh, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was it was a good it was a good thematic element to it. A good way to br- bridge the two stories is having that one scene where they were where they met. It was just a really explosive scene where they're in the tent, and they're talking and uh-huh. all that, and then uh, I think they start talking about God. I can't remember the specifics. A little bit, yeah. Um, it didn't get too yeah. deep. Yeah, but it was it was a good it was a good moment in the in the miniseries. Cool. Um, There's some other stuff. I I need to watch. I need to see JFK. I still haven't seen it. It's I. The Oliver Stone one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see it, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's a good one. Yeah, um, and I need opinion. to. That's cool. It, I need to rewatch Thirteen Days. Oh yeah, that's that, a good movie. That's such a tense tense movie, and it's the right. cast again is really great. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, I just, I, I need to see that again. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, uh, next on my list is, uh, it's another miniseries. Um, I think, I think the reason why we pick so many is because oh, it's just, uh, th- I think that's one of the best ways to depict history is with a series. It really is. Because there's always so much detail. Um, but, uh, the next one is John Adams, the HBO show. And yes. what's kind of ironic about, Everything that we've mentioned so far is it all it all involves Tom Hanks to an extent. It does. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, the linchpin of everything. He's like the yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even the movie Lincoln, he he was like 
four four times removed from being related to Abraham Lincoln. He was, wasn't in he? In real life, yeah. yeah. So wow. it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, John Adams uh, was uh, produced by Tom Hanks' production company. Right. Um, and it's, I think that came out in like 2008 is when that aired on uh, HBO. That sounds about Something right, like yeah. That. Uh, directed by, did Tom Hooper direct all of them? Is I think, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Tom Hooper yeah. did all, I think it was like seven episodes. Yeah. I think he and did all seven. He's amazing. He's he went great. on to do uh, that one movie, Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. one, uh, one musical that some people liked, I don't know, I haven't really heard much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm being yeah, sarcastic. Don't send us feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Tom Hooper is slowly but surely turning into like the master of wide shots. He really like, is. For the longest time, it was Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. He just his camera work was amazing when he when he used wide angle lenses and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, watch any movie he ever did, and you'll, <laughs> right. you'll see it. Um, but I think I think Tom Hooper doesn't necessarily surpass Kubrick in that sense. I don't think anyone ever will. Right. But I, I like the way he, he places the actors and his sets inside his wide shots. I, I think it's just, it's a very unique signature in my opinion. Yeah, I and agree. That, that was on on full display in John Adams. Nice. Um, and, you know, working with incredible actors like yeah. Paul Giamatti, uh, David Morse, uh, Tom Wilkinson, Stephen Delane. Everybody, Laura Linney was just, they were all just out of this world in it. Um, it was really, really, really great show. Um, it, it reminds, it was similar to Lincoln in that it's mostly just people talking. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, it was like watching, it was like watching speeches. Yeah. Just, and you know. It was just the, just the, the production value of it was just incredible. Right. Like, I think that was, uh, when I saw it, it was just, I didn't think that it could, that they could do that. Like they could make such a, they could recreate that world in like a in a miniseries. It it, it was just a really well made mm-hmm. uh, miniseries. It's hard to believe that they pulled it off, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, really well done. Yeah. Uh, there was something yeah. else I was going to mention. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, as a tangent, real quick, oh, sure. as a side note, uh, you talked about Tom Hooper possibly not surpassing, but. Uh, uh, being on the same page as uh, Kubrick, what do you think of uh, uh, P.T. Anderson's filmmaking right. as, in terms of wide angles and stuff? Because he's he's kind of he's almost at a point where he's almost emulating uh, Kubrick to an extent. It's a very yeah. Kubrick feel, but I mean, he's, uh, he's how do you feel about him? He's he's channeling. He's like Kubrick if Kubrick did character studies. Yeah, because that's what that's what P.T. Anderson basically does. Right. Um, especially if you look at his. His biggest, his best works, at least in my opinion, um, Boogie Nights, and then uh, Let There uh, There Will Be Blood, right. which I think is one of the best movies of the decade. Of it it decade. really is, and it's um, it's to bring it back to to bring it back to history. I guess it's kind of an interesting look at the at the oil right uh, rush or whatever mm-hmm. in history. Not necessarily a, a historic film, but right, but it, but an interesting time period. Yeah, it, it's an interesting time period. An interesting time period to depict that kind of character who's just ruthlessly ambitious. Just, yeah. I mean, just absolutely right. just an awful person. He's not even an anti-hero. He's just... Right. He's the main just... character is an antagonist. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really... It's a really good movie. I need to, I need to mm-hmm. watch it again. I need to buy it on Blu-ray because that's a Blu-ray worthy movie. Absolutely. Um, the next movie I wanted to talk about is a little... It's a little different, but... I appreciate these movies for they're they're like blockbusters. And I appreciate them for the level of um, 
the level of history that they, like they include history in them. I'll stop. I'll stop uh, putting it off, but I'll just say National Treasure and National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah, <laughs> I love these movies. They're they're super fun. Yeah, and just the inclusion of having the main character be this history buff who keeps spouting off these these obscure facts about history and using them to uncover clues. It's it's really cool because I can see like I can see like kids seeing this movie and being like, oh, I want to learn about history now, and right. I kind of I I love that. It's it's an appeal that. Um, I mean, they're not, as opposed to people watching Twilight and think, thinking like, I want to move to Forks, Washington. <laughs> it's like, these ones are uh, like, I want to learn all about Thomas Jefferson. And all absolutely. That. I think, yeah. I think that was a good, it, it was a good way to deliver history. I think yeah. it, it made it really fun. Cause like, oh, yeah. like we said about, you know, uh, movies or shows like Lincoln and John Adams, where it's just people talking. Yeah, this is different, and where you you throw an adventure into it, right? And it makes it a whole different. Animal. It makes it yeah, it makes it le- much more accessible by the masses. Because I mean, I mean, you throw you throw John Adams or Lincoln at someone who's just not that into history or isn't that into the time period. I mean, they're not going to get past an episode or a scene exactly um but you throw them into you throw nick cage into the mix stealing the declaration of independence and they're all for it (laughs) and that's not a slight against those people i'm not trying to be like this this uh this pretentious person about it it's just a cold hard fact that i mean that that's more entertaining because it's an entertaining movie that's the point of the movie instead of delivering the history just as the history of it right um i just i just i really like them like and there's even like scenes where it's not like they're just throwing in the in these like bizarre facts and everything like uh like benjamin frank was it benjamin franklin about a uh, daylight savings time yeah yeah <laughs> like that that's a great scene but it was so funny yeah uh but there's also like this scene where they bring the uh they bring the they bring the um declaration back and they read it like they unfold it at the um the library of congress uh no it's at the um wow where the liberty bell is why am i spacing this in Philadelphia, oh, um, it's where the wow, first Continental Congress was. Yeah, yeah, it's where they signed it. <laughs> where they signed it. Wow, you, you can really tell where history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the obsessive viewer podcast. Yeah, I love history, and I love that National Treasure makes history accessible. Oh, where was that one place? Um, no, but there's a scene where they're reading it, where they where the it was signed, and like you can like Nicholas Cage is like, you realize the last place that this, the last time that this was here was when they were signing and there's just, it's just, it's real. It inspires an emotional, it, it inspires a love for, for history that is, I mean, I don't know. Like I got more into history after high school mm-hmm. and like, I'll read these books and everything and I'll read like, like about Teddy Roosevelt and about, about the constitution, all that stuff. And I'm like, I should have paid more attention in high school. Or I should have paid more <laughs> attention in history. Cause this is all really fascinating. Yeah. I feel that way pretty regularly. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and then last on my list is actually uh, something that I'd like to see get adapted for the oh, screen. Yes. And I think it would be best, typically, I said earlier, I think, you know, miniseries are, are better for history, but I actually think this would work better as a film. Um, it involves the writer John Meacham, who I I have very... <laughs> mixed but strong opinions about John Meacham. Right. I don't think he's a bad writer. I just think he chooses these really great topics to write about. And I'm like, I'll hear about him. And I just think I can't wait to read that. That's going to be so interesting. Yeah. But then just his delivery is just sort of off. I <laughs> I wish I could elaborate. I, I don't know. I've just never been 
really fully encapsulated by his writing. I don't know why. And I've read several of his books. Well, thanks, Tiny. Now he's not going to be a guest on the podcast. Oh, no, John, please. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> but anyways, his, uh, he wrote a book uh, called Franklin and Winston. And it's about the relationship between Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Winston Churchill during the Second World War. Um, and if you know about our involvement with the European fronts of the war, we didn't get involved until really late, you know. Right. Um, and during, you know, from 19, you know, 1940 until 1943 or four, when we actually got involved in that, that part of the war, Winston Churchill was just begging the U.S. to get involved in the war. Yep. And, you know, we were we were providing them with, you know, supplies and money and stuff, but they really needed the troops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was really delicate in how he handled that, keeping us out of it and everything. Yeah. And um, that's uh, – the book that John Meacham wrote is really just about their relationship and how there's a lot of theories that – like one of the, one of the more interesting theories is that – um, Winston Churchill really did not like Franklin Delano Roosevelt at all. He just, really? he, he almost, I, I don't know if people say that he hated him, but they <laughs> say that he didn't like him because he wouldn't get involved in the war. You know, he uh, wouldn't, right. he wouldn't help them out, uh, against, you know, the German army. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people who think that he, he would go, you know, publicly say all these really nice things about FDR but in mm. private, he hated him because wow. they wouldn't help us out. Of course, there's not necessarily any concrete proof to, to prove that. Right. But it's it's a theory, <laughs> and it, it makes sense. And nice. and John Meacham spells that out in the book. Um, That's cool. And it was really interesting. He used uh, – one of the ways he wrote the book is he used a lot of uh, correspondence. Nice. Between um, – That's always it's, – I like when they always have, like, like concrete right. documents and stuff to draw from. It's really strong. Right, as opposed to just stories or, yeah. you know, word of mouth or whatever. Anecdotes and right. stuff. Right, but I I think that was the strength of it is you know you know it was a lot of like correspondence between Winston Churchill and Franklin Delano Roosevelt's wife and the That's other cool. supporting characters, if you will, mm-hmm. of that story. Um, and I just thought it was really well done. It's really interesting. I think if you put it if you put it to film, it would be so cool to see all the different attitudes of like the two main characters working with one another. Okay, and just. Just how they worked with one another, how they, you know, some people think they didn't like each other or they did. It's right. It would be a really, it would be like a dance put on film, I think, okay. between the yeah. two characters. That would be really cool. I would, I think it'd be really cool. Do you have any thoughts on casting for that? Casting, see, that's, I mean, I saw, um, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, he played him in an HBO, he played Winston Churchill in an HBO film. Oh. Um, gosh, mm. I can't, uh, I can't remember uh, his name. Gleason. Uh, oh, uh, uh, he was also in 20 Days Later. Wow, that's pretty bad. We can't think of his first Yeah. <laughs> We're really uh, getting stumped today. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Jackie Gleason. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I know but, who you mean, though. And people listening can... Uh, there's a website called imdb.com. Just scream <laughs> the name at us, please. <laughs> please. But uh, he was great as FDR in the, mm-hmm. that HBO show, um, the HBO movie. And so I, I see him in that role. Um FDR, that would be tough. I don't know. I haven't seen, uh, what's it called? Uh, Hyde Park on the Hudson? I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. I haven't seen that yet, but Bill Murray played FDR in that. That's right. That it was be... Bill Murray in that. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm interested. What do you think of uh, 
John Voigt and Pearl Harbor. He was he was a good FDR. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, that's a that's a great historical movie. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. Michael Bay we? doing history. Yes. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> So I, I don't I don't know I just think and one of the one of the better things about that book is it's actually a pretty quick read it's not it's not overbearingly long it's right he's kind of a he uh, John Meacham is kind of a, an exercise in brevity isn't he Where sort he of writes it's sometimes it depends on you know yeah. the different subjects he picks like one of his more famous books is uh, a book called American Lion which is that's about right Andrew about Jackson Andrew Jackson and uh, it's it's pretty interesting for like I read like. 200 out of the 600 pages of it and it was just the beginning was really interesting and really took me but after that he just kind of petered off and it really? didn't I don't know I just have uh, he, like I said he's not a bad writer but it's just just they, not just n- not a style that suits your reading habits right yeah. yeah I think so and it was Brendan Gleeson Brendan Gleeson yes okay uh, yeah um, if you're still listening it was Brendan Gleeson right. yeah <laughs> from three hours ago um <laughs> Yeah. But I just remembered, I, I watched, and we talked about this off the air, but I, and I'm going to post about it on Monday, but I watched, I did a double feature on the 3rd as a pre-Independence Day double feature of mine, uh, of the HBO films Recount and Game Change. Nice. Yeah, and uh, Recount is about the 2000 election and uh, presidential election here in America for our listeners in other countries. Um <laughs> Uh, it just the 2000 election and the the hanging chads, all that stuff. It yeah. has Kevin Spacey and Dennis Leary, and I didn't really connect to it hmm. that much. I know Tiny, I know you were a huge fan of it. I really liked it, yeah. But I just, I don't know. It, it just felt like the 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 politics of it just felt a little one sided. They they didn't really give due due credit to both sides. Like they didn't show they didn't. It was very clear, like okay, the villains of it is the Bush campaign or are the Bush campaigners, and the heroes are the is the Gore. Yeah, people. It, it could have been more objective. Yeah, and I wouldn't even have wanted it to be very even objective because I mean, yeah, sure, I mean those that's it played out the way that it played out, but I just wish that they would have shown more of the Bush side of it, even if they were going to make them villains. Um, right, I just that's, felt like there was something lacking there. That's a fair um, argument. Really. Yeah. But I really liked Game Change a lot more. Yeah. It was just like Julianne Moore gets all the credit for just disappearing into the role of Sarah Palin. Absolutely. Um, and and with due with and it's all due because I mean she was just incredible. Like, yeah. She, she nailed her performance it. was amazing. But I feel like that almost overshadows the work of Woody Harrelson. I thought he just killed it mm-hmm. as the uh, the political campaign manager campaign manager of uh of the mccain mccain wow mccain campaign manager (laughs) i just thought he was just incredible to see them play off each other because yeah like julian moore playing playing palin as this naive the naive person that she was (laughs) and yeah it is um it's just it's just amazing to see them them go back and forth and see woody harrelson just reacting to the things that she does but just to see the way that she acted was just it was amazing because i i don't know i wasn't there i (laughs) paid attention to the campaign and all that but i wasn't like involved with it but so i can't tell how much of it is just sensationalized fiction right but just the way that it plays out just makes me think 
Not much of it. Not much of it was. Um, <laughs> Which is sad. Cause... Yeah, it's it's a really sad state uh, a statement on politics. Yeah, and, absolutely. Like, today, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I'm just not a very political person because I honestly think that politics is just like the the world's most successful reality series, <laughs> and it shouldn't be because politics is one of the most important things about our society. Society, yeah, yeah. and it's just. I don't know. It's it's sad, but it's it's really interesting to see how they basically they knew that she was a horrible candidate candidate, and they just instead of instead of cutting their losses and picking someone else, they were like, all right, let's like they even say like we have the best actress in politics right now. <laughs> let's just give her lines to lines to yeah. uh, memorize. That's sad. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad, and it was just it just made for a really good experience for me you, as yeah. a viewer. I just thought that it was really well done. Absolutely, it's um, great. I loved yeah. it too. Uh, you saw? Did you ever watch uh, a special relationship or the special? I did watch that. Yeah, yeah, with um, the Tony Blair and uh, was it Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. That was a really that was an interesting an interesting movie. Um, mm-hmm. Another another case of perfect casting. Um, Michael Sheen okay. played yes. um, uh, Tony Sheen Blair. Is so great. Yeah, he was man. He was great. And then mm-hmm. uh, let's see, was it? Randy or no? Dennis Quaid played. Yeah, okay. Bill not Randy Quaid. Not Randy. No. <laughs> That'd have been hilarious. Uncle Eddie. As Uncle president. Eddie as president. Wow. But uh, I, I also think that talking about under underrated actors again, I think Michael Sheen is one of the most oh, he's underrated. Amazing. God, he's great. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about Frost Nixon. Oh, that's true. Now that we're on that, right? Oh man, that movie was great. Yeah, but uh, a special relationship was good, um, mm-hmm. but it was. It was a little too. It needed a lot of work. It, it had really? some. It was really all of the quality comes from the performances. Even mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid, who I'm I'm not a big fan of. But yeah. He he was actually pretty solid as Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, the whole movie was carried by the performances. It's, That's cool. You're not missing a whole lot. But, right. Um, um, Frost Nixon was substantially Nixon. better. <laughs> yeah. I. I just I I kind of I wish I could have seen like the stage play because the I can't remember the guy's name. That plays Nixon, but he was like in the stage version of it. Mm-hmm. Like he's from that, and he's like he just knocked it out of the park. Oh, he was great! And to see them play off each other, him and Michael Sheen was just great. Yeah, um, Franklin Jello is that his name? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, I mean, uh, oh wow, what is his name? Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. It. He directed yeah. it, and uh, wow, what is his name? We're struggling today. Yeah, we are. It's it's <laughs> been a long one. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, um, I always forget Moon, the guy from Moon. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, he's in it, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I he's, seen he's that great since too. It came out, but yeah, me neither. But Sam Rockwell, yeah, again, yeah. great actor, great, great actor. But yeah, so that that's a good one. And as far as movies that I want or topics that I want to see get covered is uh, Theodore Roosevelt. I Edmund Morris. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast that Edmund Morris has written three three books about Teddy Roosevelt. The first book covers, um, it's called The Rise the rise of Theodore Roosevelt. It covers his birth to his presidency. Then uh, Theodore Rex, no. Te- Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex, right, yeah. yeah. No, I think that one. Oh, yeah, Theodore Rex is his presidency. Sorry, right. we're struggling again. <laughs> and then uh, the third one is Colonel Roosevelt, which is all his post-presidency stuff. I haven't read the third one yet, but the first two are two of the best historical nonfiction books I've ever read. Yeah. And just the subject matter is just 
Like, you can make an entire television series yeah. about Teddy Roosevelt because he did so much. He was just, he was a rancher, a, a police commissioner. He was, he was all these things. Yeah. And even before he became president, it was, was just. Wasn't he the governor of New York? Is that right? Uh, like that? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he was just, he, it's just an amazing subject matter. And it's, this is going to seem weird, but I, I really want, um, <laughs> Nick um, Offerman. Nick Offerman to play Teddy Roosevelt. I think he just has that look, and it would be kind of cool to see him take a dramatic role. I mean, I know he did a dramatic role in his two episode stint on Twenty Four yeah. as a redneck, right? Xenophobe. He was in uh, one episode of Deadwood as well. Oh, he was, wasn't yeah, he? I remember he's, you he's almost that. unrecognizable, and it's he's, really yeah, he was crazy. Nice. Yeah, I didn't really recognize him in. Uh, 24 either. Like, yeah. I, I, it just blew my mind. Like, Ron Swanson was in 24. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. I read, uh, the only one of those I read was Theodore Rex, but mm-hmm. I agree. Like, that's, it's, it's begging to be adapted. It really is. Because he's, he's such a, uh, Theodore Roosevelt was such an incredible president. He was, he, he, there's no other president like him. He was very, mm-hmm. very confrontational. He didn't, he didn't take, crap from anybody he yeah. really he, he stuck to his guns literally he carried a gun on him <laughs> um, so he, he was just a really interesting guy and there's no way you could see that character on the screen and not be encapsulated by him right and just yeah and it demands like a it demands a really uh well-suited actor i mean you're not gonna get it, you would need like casting would be just it would be hard to find the right person to play right him. Nick Offerman or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. have Tobey Maguire playing him. Right. And you can't have, like... <laughs> I mean, I don't think Matthew Fox can handle it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I don't think Teddy Roosevelt cried that much. Um, <laughs> considering how much he cried on Lost. God. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything yeah. else you wanted to mention? Um, off the top of my head, uh, I think we I think we pretty much covered every historical movie and TV show in existence. Yeah, every single one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, we might get some flack for only co- concentrating on American history. That's true. Yeah. Of, but I mean, we'll do. Well, maybe we'll do another another episode down the line. Yeah, we are Americans after all. It is, and it is <laughs> as we mentioned. We are recording this on the Fourth of July, so right. I think it makes sense. Yeah, so. it does. So, is so. there uh, there anything big that you're looking forward to coming up? Uh, well, as far as TV shows. I am really looking forward to Boardwalk Empire. Nice, me um, too. I've we've mentioned it before on the on on the podcast, and we're liable to mention it many more times. But mm-hmm. I've seen one of the teasers for it, and I just love that they're including that they're bringing in uh, Ron Livingston's going to be in this season. Nice, and uh, also Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, um, who he was in he was in uh, well he was in Source Code, and he's also a Felix Leiter in the latest iterations of James Bond movies. Uh-huh. Um, he's just, he's just a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's, he's really, he's really great. I agree. Um, I love watching him. Yeah. He has this line in the, in the trailer that's something like only Kings understand each other or something. And it's, <laughs> it's just like, it's going to be interesting to see how he interacts with Nucky in yeah. the next season. And it's going to be hard if he, I don't know if he's going to be a villain or if he's going to be an ally, but either way, it's going to be hard to, um, to uh, to to bring about any big name actor, any actor into the show after Bobby Cannavale. Man, he was great. He knocked season three. He was the villain, and he was just he knocked it out of the park. He, he was, was so vicious. Yeah, he was, was like a he was like a 
Pitbull on the screen. He was, oh man, he was really scary was. and oh yeah, but brilliant. Like just yeah. even the way he like he wasn't just like some meathead who attacked people. He right. Was, he had a he had a very interesting interesting run on the series, and it was just right. it was really amazing, and especially after after season two, kind of uh, it dumped some characters. Like like there was a there was. Going into season three, it was kind of there was there was a lack of some characters, like some characters mm-hmm. kind of were gone. Um, so it was kind of it was a neat way to to bring together the the right. season back for a third season because it could have been could have been could have been kind of a disaster given how season two ended, which I thought season two ended brilliantly. Oh yeah, me too. But it was an interesting interesting way to go from there. Right, such a yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the, what about movies? The first thing on my list for movies is actually uh, Elysium. Yes. I think we mentioned it in our first episode, but we yeah. didn't talk too much about it. Um, I, I like the trailer quite a bit. Um, yeah. I haven't I seen it, like the latest one. I don't think. Oh yeah. But. The latest one reveals a little bit more. Really? About about the plot. Um, not too much, but mm. a little bit more. Um, it actually made me a little bit more excited for it. Nice. Um, I think I saw it before. When I saw World War Z, they showed right. the latest trailer for Elysium, and okay. I think, man, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. You know, I, I I'm looking forward to see what Neil Blomkamp can do with a Me huge too. budget. Yeah, because because yeah, District Nine was kind of low budget. Fair, wasn't I think it, it was actually bit? I think it was technically an independent movie. Really, I might have that wrong, but interesting. But the, you know that that was a cool movie with some great effects, and mm-hmm. you know there was no unknown actors in it. So. Yeah. And that was a lot of people loved it too. I mean, oh yeah, it was it a got great nominated movie. for an Oscar. I mean, it did, didn't it? It's a big deal. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to see what he can do with with that kind of movie. Um, and I always I always love watching Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon is awesome. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Call back to episode one. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah and also, uh, uh, what is his name? William. William Fichter is in that movie. Oh, I don't know. He? I don't know how substantial his role is. I just heard him on Nerdist. Nice. Um, he's a good character actor. He's a really great character actor. Yeah. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was awesome in the opening scene of The Dark Knight. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's a great actor. I'm looking forward to seeing him in it. Whatever his role is in it. Um, cool. As for movies, for me, for what I'm looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to Gravity. Nice. Yeah, the new uh, Alfonso Soran. Soran. Serrano uh, movie. It's his first movie since he did uh, Children of Men, which uh, far and away one of the best movies of the past decade. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, just the way that he does the long takes is just—it's masterful. It's really incredible. Groundbreaking work. Absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Gravity. If you guys haven't seen the trailer yet, is a movie with uh, with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. They play, like, astronauts, and they're kind of in low-Earth orbit, like, right outside of Earth. And uh, they uh, – something hits their shuttle or their spaceship or whatever, and it's just – it's chaos from there. The trailer just plays out that they're – it's basically them trying to get back to Earth or trying to salvage their their shuttle. And it's just – it looks incredibly intense and just very, yeah, very, very, very well done. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, and at the end of the trailer, it just shows them kind of floating freely in space, and it's that <laughs> on a profound level, on a personal level for me, for me, that's like one of my deepest fears is just the thought of floating freely in space uh, is just terrifying. That'd to be me. so scary. Yeah, a horrible way to die. <laughs> oh yeah, so that that releases in I think October, and it's going to be in 3D and IMAX, but that's definitely going to be an IMAX viewing for me. And cool. Yeah, so I, I can't wait to see it. Nice. 
Um, All right. Is there anything else? I think that about wraps it up. All right, sweet. Well, uh, this was episode three of the Obsessive Viewer podcast, in case you forgot. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. And again, if you guys have any feedback, any comments, any uh, any Question. suggestions for topics you want us to cover or whatever, feel free to give us an email at ovpodcast at gmail.com. We're uh, a little cheap to get the obsessiveviewer.com email domain. Dual cheap, and I don't know what I'm doing to do it. So if you want to email us with suggestions on how to do that, feel free. Um, as always, Tiny, you can find him on Twitter at ObsessiveTiny. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Obsessive Viewer. Um, and as for me, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at ObsessiveViewer. And, you know... Check out the blog, obsessiveviewer.com. And as always, I'm Matt Hurt, and I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>